Hello, and welcome to the 20th episode of Film in the Alps. I am Martina de Biasi, and today I will be talking to two very dear people, Nuno Escudera and Nicolas von Schlebrugge. Uh, Nuno, you are a director of the cinema of the real. Once one would have said that documentary filmmaker, but now the word has changed and maybe we're going to talk about it a little bit later. And uh, Nicolas, you are a cinematographer. You do DOP for uh, documentaries and you also work as first assistant, right? Yes. So thanks for being here. And uh, this is a really um, anticipated talk because we are friends and you're especially friends in filmmaking. And uh, we have tried to do this interview for a long time, but you're around the world working on your projects. And just to start people out and to tell them who you are and what you do, um, what are you working on right now? Can I start with Nicolas maybe or... First of all, thank you for having us here. It's very nice to be here. Also, be nice to be back in Bolzano in my case. Um, um, what am I working on right now? Um, I'm working on small projects. Um, I'm still uh, working a lot with Jakob Stark, um, assisting on different kind of jobs. Um, also going even into commercials. Uh, music video stuff, um, also shooting a little bit on my own. And then there's a, uh, still a big project that I'm, I'm working on with Nuno since many years. Uh, so I think we will talk about this uh, later, uh, more into detail. Right. Nuno. Well, Nicolas knows how to build suspense. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm having in a phase of work that things are changing a little bit because, you know, like it was a bit, you take this huge project and they take a long time and you are just in pain, like waiting for things to happen and to progress. So I decided to take the workaholic turn and just use my time much better. So now I'm doing a million new projects. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time? At the same time. Like just starting in the mountain and that's a bit, uh, of course, like the main project is Grand Popo. The mysterious project we'll talk about in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but then, you know, like in this initial phase, okay, let's prepare work. Like I have free time. There are labs we can use. So in the meantime, I'm, I'm developing with Maria, Maria Galliani Dirvik uh, the treatment for a first f feature film that is for our team to work also with Nicolas. That is now I'm doing TFL next with it. So, like, it's also already been well-received by the industry, whatever that means. I am doing a lab now also, it's called Itineranza Doc, with, um, with a documentary that is following this approach of mixing um, images I shoot with, with archive material that follows a bit what we've been doing, me and it close with Death of the Mountain, that is the film we just premiered last week. And uh, yeah, and another, another more, like investigatives, let's say documentary, more traditional called Hours to Own. And I'm trying like, okay, this is how we do things now. We have four projects and we work really hard and they're in different phases and things will happen. And yeah. But don't you think that is actually a natural progression on, of how people work? Like in the beginning, as a like when you're at school, of course, you have this one project to work on. And then, but afterwards, there's the next big thing that you think is going to change your life because that film is going to make your career or break it. And then after a while, you say, well, if I have to live 
with what I do, I need to have everything in in movement on in different stages, right? Because sometimes also a project is great for a while, but then the fi financing doesn't come through or whatever. So you have the next project going on. Do you think it's... And what's also nice, what Nuno just said, is like also projects are being maybe born out of each other, like death of, the, of a mountain also goes back to the valley to a certain extent. Death of a mountain would have never been made, I guess, if we wouldn't have done the valley before. So you're growing also from project to project and they're building up on each other. Sure. Sure. And also this thing of developing topics, you know, like what are our topics, what do we know about what we are interested in? They, oh, it's always a continuous um, going forward. But back to what you were asking, I think it depends. I think it depends a lot when, how you see, what kind of an author are you? Or like, what, how do you see work? No? I think like now I just met Fra Martino, like, this week week uh, that passed and he's the guy who does a film every 10 years and he's very successful and he found a way to survive that is different I am not so interested in these uh, big works but more like that uh, we're engaging with the world and we are telling stories and we are traveling and meeting people and we're always producing something that's a different approach mm -hmm. but yeah now I mean it's also like we work with with Andreas Pichler and he has this method of having a lot of projects at the time and I really respect that and now our Portuguese producers they also have this approach of like doing a lot of things all the time and I got very inspired and I felt that it was okay I want to go in this direction a bit more always like get myself busier because I always felt like I could do more mm-hmm but it, I think it depends a lot on how you see yourself. And, and of course, I think you're right, because it arrives to a certain moment in your career where you are, your self-esteem issues are not at play anymore. And That's so you're true. Like, yeah, that you're not like, okay, I, I don't know if I can do this or not. And like, and you're like a lot of pain, but you are in a moment where you understood that, okay, people react positively to what you have to say. So now you, okay. So I can do this. No, it's not so much hiding behind one project that will change everything, but it's more about, okay, I want to talk about things and I want to be engaged in my work and my job. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a cinematographer, it's a bit different, right? Because um, a project might be three months of your time, two weeks of your time, three years of your time, but in the, in the meanwhile, you keep on working on other stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I have the feeling I'm really in, in, a, in a, to a certain extent, easier position because I don't have to give birth to, to the project on my own. I don't have to, to develop them fully out of myself. It's, it's somebody approaching me and proposing some, something to me and I can then further on de develop this this project with the director or whoever is coming towards me so it's a very different role than to the role of the especially let's say documentary director because uh, especially i have always the feeling uh, directors uh, who who have their own projects who develop their own project projects they, they have to go to a lot of uh, suffering and, and pain also to to yeah to then in the end uh, give birth to to to, the, to this very beloved and, and dear project. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's for sure very different. But then also as a director, I guess, knowing that you have friends to fall on helps alleviate the pain, I guess? Or is it, or how, how do you see the, um, the working with people that you know or that you love also in a personal way, in a, in a friendship way or? I mean, I, 
I only know my reality, so it's quite interesting because now I was really thinking about this question for me to think that I'm going to shoot with somebody that I don't trust or that I, it's not like a brother of mine, like Nicholas, it's like unthinkable, you know, because we're, we, we grew up together now, like, of course we met here at Zelig, but it was really growing up together. No? We are very different from the people we were 10 years ago when we started doing this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's true, no, and that's so. It's like actually, what Zelig does is is a bit different. It's like that you don't know any other way. You always have your community of friends. As it's with them that you work, and uh, so it's it's this mix that I like. That is because it's not personal. It's not professional. Like in that sense, this construction of the professional. What is the professional? Huh? Of course, we have professional behaviors. Of course, we get paid, etc. But but it's really about that uh, we are a community of people who does things and believes in things and we do them together. And I think maybe like sometimes, of course, you meet a colleague that they're just a hire. But we also have this approach of making them our friends and, and you know, the, yeah, and fuck the professional because it's it's really a construction. Yeah, and it's always great to in involve people who who have have maybe sh not share the same urge but have like like the project you're working on and 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 share the passion at least in in, in their field of work and, and you really can that's, that's i think that's a very different kind of involvement than just pay somebody to do a job because i think filmmaking is not a job it is a kind of art and a kind of passion which which makes you do all these crazy things yeah yeah, and by the way, thanks to Zelig uh, to, for letting us uh, record in their a little editing room six, I think. <laughs> so thanks again for 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 the space and for the fact that we are all that Zelig gave us the same kind of the same ethics, right, or the same approach to to filmmaking, which is yeah a labor of love, I guess, um, and a labor of trying in our small or big ways to change things or to talk about things that really make us tick as humans, right? So let's talk about uh, the, the mystery project a little bit. You guys want to? Long time, long time in the making. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Far away from here. Far away from here. How should we start? Uh, I mean, like should we start how it started? <laughs> I think that's always the easiest part. <laughs> For me, it was. Uh, I mean, I can introduce it maybe. In a, in a, it was just the, the year after after we we graduated from from um, from Jelik, and Nuno told me that he is going to Benin for a residency in a Finnish artist residency, which happens to be there, and I was like. Okay, sure. I mean, uh, no doubt. Uh, it's if I have a good reason to go to a remote or also close place, but a new place, it's always a great, great opportunity, I guess, also to get to know a new place and a new matter and new people. And so, yeah, when I arrived there, Nuno has had been there already, I guess, six weeks or four weeks, and I was about to stay four weeks there. So everybody knew Nuno already. So. We walked the streets and it was like, hey, no, no, hey, you know. <laughs> and yeah, and Nuno had developed already a project to a certain extent. I think he went there with a different idea and it got very much changed during his stay. 
And it's still changing, goddammit, this project development. Uh, no, and yeah, because what brought me there is that this area of Benin was uh, like, it's called the coast, slave coast, no? That's a bit. And I wanted to go a bit deeper in this because me as a Portuguese person, like, it's starting with this question, what is our role in history, what happened there, and like, starting this and how can this become a reflection, a filmic reflection of it. So it was born, this was the thing that we're going to search. And then I've, we actually landed the residence in this place called Gran Popo, it's also the name of the project. And uh, Which is and, a town. Which is a town. Yeah. And then we immediately learned that actually this was the first city to ever sign a slave trade deal with, uh, with uh, Portugal. Like the first slave trade deal ever made was this city-state with, uh, with um, the Portuguese crown, whose, whose, um, whose expansionary project was actually based in my hometown, even though today is a forgotten small town, but that was the base where everything was happening. So there is this connection between my hometown and Grand Popo. And, uh, and it's like, okay, and then we started just getting to know the people, like what is this place? We started looking a, little, a bit at architecture, what's left here, what are the myths of what this place was, what what happened, what are what are the what does live on on this on this uh, oral tradition of telling stories about who we are, and then one big twist kind of we learned is that actually that place is uh, disappearing. It's flooded every year. It's uh, the sea has supposedly risen 10 kilometers on the coast and it's a city that is going to disappear. And we started working on this. What does it mean to live in a place that is going to disappear? And uh, what is this? What are we losing as heritage with, with climate change? It's a bit more complex than climate change. Well, what is disappearing if a, if a place factually disappears? Hmm. Yes, there's already not this memory of the connection, like me coming from tomorrow, there's no memory of this city, Grand Popo. But if it disappears, then what memory do we have? And so, but it's, this being said, very brainy, it's a character-driven film. <laughs> we were working with people who live there, and it's really about them, and it's about um, this act of disappearance, but also the response of the state that is like creating measures to protect it from disappearing, but actually destroying a lot on its process and it's about how do we face oblivion and what's coming to us and how do we respond and who's in the middle you know, like the population of Grampopo that has not not much of a say because it's nature like caused by the west and developed countries versus their own state creating solutions to fight them and them in the middle and it's like who are we and what does it mean to be in this middle and how many of us are going to find ourselves in the same situation of having our lives decided for us yeah as yeah, yeah as history yeah. yeah interesting so so you've said that the project is um has been a long one um so you've you, you stopped zelig six years ago or nine years ago 2016 2016. Yes. Almost seven. Almost seven. Almost seven. So we went there the first time, 2017. Yes. And then due to other works, another film, we, another two films maybe we made in between, and then also the COVID situation, we didn't come back there. So it was a resting project. And also, I think it was too early for us to take on this project. 
I think, uh, yeah, because it's 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 big and it's like another continent and it's it needed a big reflection. No? And then we, thanks to the province of Bolzano, got a, a COVID grant, and we decided to use it to go back there, mm-hmm. see what's there. And then we went there. Is in okay? Is there a film still here? How are our friends? Who are what are they up to? Like we were in contact, but it's really like getting back. And then we arrived. We came for three to four weeks. Four yeah. weeks, and we said, okay, this is exactly the same. Only it has progressed way further. There's mm-hmm. a lot more going on. We went to see parts of the country where the where entire villages were destroyed, and like to to protect this coast and this concept of also the country that used to be a very democratic country is also having a shift to a more authoritarian like nation building kind of approach which doesn't care about these coastal villages it just wants to make it really pretty for the tourists and all these dynamics are coming to Grampopo and they are arriving and we are in this moment we don't know really well when it's arriving but we know that it is and we want it's to be growing. there yeah, exactly mm-hmm. And we want to be there when it happens to be on their side and to like document this. So when you said you weren't ready, was it, um, as you said before, the self-confidence of being able to do a film like this? Or is it more, was it a different um, feeling? Also, also on, uh, like, it's very hard to say what does it mean to to learn and to grow as a filmmaker. But there is a lot happening and this getting more mature, like knowing how to approach a series issues, like understanding the lives of people, like what, what does it really mean for them? And I think it's, it, it's really on a human level. We are not ready to deal with this, especially also like working in a different continent, the politics of this and what does this mean? No, no, there's been a lot of growth since 2017 that we've been through and we're still because we were then then again last year and we were also like facing really a lot of questions about representation and and then like when we were there we got our first serious funding and then we're also thinking like okay this is money so why like people class issues and how do we deal with all of that and this it's a lot to deal with and we we need to it's a big responsibility and it's an for sure ongoing discussion but um, i think very But what was also very important that we have also a local co-production. So I think it's very good to have like people involved who's not coming from only Europe, let's say, and from the outside, but also people from 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 Benin who are like yeah co-producers. Mm-hmm. True. And our what was our main character became a co-author, which mm-hmm. was a bit always obvious, but we, it takes a, a while to arrive there and say yeah, this guy is actually opening this world to us. So it's, it's way more than just a, just a character that is represented, but it's somebody who is in between all our relationships. So it's like, let's formalize this as well. And I, I mean, these are all, it seems, sounds very obvious when you are been through them, but it's actually like, <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. And it's a lot of dealing in you, with your own body, like, and reacting to it. And uh, it takes a long, long time. And uh, yeah, and as Nicolas said, this is a quite big important, it's this, It's lessons from uh, uh, there's this film called uh, Enjoy Poverty from uh, I forget his name. Welcome back. <laughs> and he has this is very provocatory filmmaker and he's filming in Congo, and people are coming to him and say, Ah, where can we see this film? 
and he says, no, it's it's for Europe. You're not gonna say no, and it's not, it's not only a lesson from him, but it's it's this important that we produce a lot of things that have no impact in the place where they produce, and it's about changing this. Let's say we create something that we are from the start being followed by a team of people who knows what what resonates with the community we're working with, that is valid both in the place where we shoot it and in the place where we come from. And this has been quite an important step. As Faisal is also a very accomplished producer. Um, yeah, Marvel Production. And it, I mean, this is uh, all little steps that are really, that you need to be at a certain level to manage it. You need to have already at least one big feature like we did with the Valley. To yes. To be able to like really confront these kind of things and yeah, not have blind spots. We still have a lot of blind spots and we're still working on them. And there's lots of questions about how are people going to be compensated for being in the film? And there's two different ethics that are clashing. That is the ethic of the documentaries that we don't pay anybody, but also the ethic of like, okay, but <laughs> this is You're also... paid, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also like this money issue is an issue. It's true. Like, I mean... People do need money. It's a it's a, it's a culture where people live day to day, from day to day, like mm -hmm. a, with a little money in the pocket, and they do a work, they get some money, they spend it immediately. Like I mean, this is of course generalized. We're talking about a, a village, like mm -hmm. or not a village, like it's a city that is composed of different villages, mm -hmm. and we're working with like the center, of, the historical center of the city that mm -hmm. is the most fragile place that gets flooded every year. Mm -hmm. And there is also the economy of this place. What is the economy of this place? And how do we contribute to it? And right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, really, <clears throat> it's hard to, to grasp all the, the dynamics between, let's say, the religious leaders, political leaders. Um, then there's a, the language barrier. I mean, people speak French, but if they don't want to speak French, they speak um, several local languages. And it can be also kind of frustrating, like... Um, not understanding for me that it's also very it's a lot of fatigue that to, to listen a lot and trying to understand but not understanding so and yeah there's a lot a lot uh, going on and you have to it's a small place but there's a lot going on and to, mm -hmm. to, under, to, to get to know it to understand it, it needs a lot of time to be spent there and and trying to understand and to learn yeah. to listen yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, just for our, um, for the people who are listening, all the links we're going to put in the show notes. So if any of uh, Nicolas, Nuno or me are talking about some movies or some uh, things, then we're going to put them in the links. So in the show notes, so you guys can just go and, um, and do your research or if something interests you, you can uh, look it, look it up. Um, one question before I go back to The Valid, which is a film that you guys made um, um, a couple of uh, years ago also, which actually started probably um, your, uh, it was your debut film, right? Yeah, but anyway. Let's what is a debut film, but uh, yes. Yeah, 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 that's true. But let, let me just finish. Like, where are you in the process right now for um, Grand Popo? For Grand Popo, I mean... It's always, it's never straightforward, but I mean, we're entering production of, I don't know if you can see this, but like, cause what <laughs> does it mean to enter production? What yeah, so there's pre-production, there's production, no, like, so I you're mean, not, you're, we, go, you're going to start the big bulk of the, like, of it's, the... It's a huge project, so like we're four countries partnering, like we're like uh, France, Italy, Portugal and Benin. We are about 50% uh, of the funding. A lot is coming now. We're waiting for some answers. 
But I mean, we are going to do our first production shoot now in uh, in September. We still have to, uh, because it, you know, like it's we need to understand a bit um, how we're going to do with uh, with the financial montage of this shooting. But we, I, I think it's assured that we're going to go there with with proper mm. with a proper approach. Like we are in production, even if informally, maybe it will be more a research. We don't know yet. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's fifty percent of a big budget, and uh, and uh, yeah, the idea is I think is is quite solid and uh, quite solid. Very solid. <laughs> yeah, like, as where, director, wait, is it he, solid? Had, he said Does he had uh, he had resolved his uh, <laughs> his his uh, you know self doubt problems, but I'm not that sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's a place where every day every day is a problem. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's lots of chaos. It's, yeah yeah but we have our production vehicle that is there waiting for us we bought a nice little bike scooter, <laughs> scooter. oh nice <laughs> <laughs> and we go on it without, it's very nice every morning we get on the bike we get our equipment and then we go driving and then everybody's like hello no no hello nico <laughs> and we just go working and this is our morning routine <laughs> and this is why it's also important you really spend time there to yes. to be yeah, to live there for 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 a certain amount of time to really yeah be received in this in this manner mm-hmm. to, to to be not completely from the outside but a little bit on the inside. Sure, and it's it, it's this thing you know like that we were talking about this separation of life and work you know like it's it's not the way it works you know this professional layer but it's it's a bit this way that. It has been, I mean, it's three trips now, three long trips. We spent there like, I think, four months in total. It's it's uh, part of your life, kind of, no? Yeah, exactly. No? And it's a bit also deconstructing this working, like this taking of a place, but actually like how much of you, you actually live there and how do you build something that is durable. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's like, we're friends. There are friends. I named a child of our of our co-author by mistake i think (laughs) (laughs) how do you do that by mistake oh this is uh, lost in translation translation. (laughs) (laughs) but no but it's you know it's like it's it's uh yeah yeah it's it's more serious than that i think but i think it always is even in the projects that become a bit less but it's 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 a life you know it's the, our way of living. It's about meaningful encounters, and yeah, then of course there is this instrument of power of putting a camera into it. But but we want to go way beyond there. It's like we have a strong friendship. It's like we are living our lives, living a strong friendship, coming to a place, and people become a part of it, and we become a part of it. It's always this very personal, engaging on things. And I was, you know, what interested me in our talk was the fact that you know how how it is to work with people that you love and you trust but maybe my interest has shifted a little bit now because um also when i think about the valley which was it was the first uh, film outside of zelik that you guys did together is that right or is it or the second already the first l- long film that's the first feature length documentary 
Yeah, because that was also, I think, ethically um, interesting in the sense that you followed people who flee, or for, who flee one country and go to the next uh, over uh, over through a valley, the valley, um, which was also a very difficult way to film. Right, you 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 took the route that um, the people who want to leave uh, was it Italy to France, so you 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 go with them, you you fear with them if if people like you would have probably been arrested also and um, most and put probably to jail. And we were, it was very close yeah that we <laughs> would have yeah. yeah I mean we really hid from police and ducked away and ran so and we're almost been sent by Digos to a dark room and <laughs> like, like stuff like that that does happen like yeah so it's a bit of an extreme well is it extreme that's the question you know like an extreme um, a place to put yourself in but also a place that other people have to put themselves in so how did the experience of that film also films before um, inform your approach which is You know, did it change, or were you always aware of the colonialist um, um, problems of the white versus, like, or north versus south problematic, or, or did it change in the in the course of your work? I mean, it's very it's very different, like because the valley is not, like I said, it's not a film about refugees crossing. It's a film about the the militants who helped them cross. So like it's we're representing ourselves, of course, in the middle of it are the refugees and they have a special place. But um, the colonial look is about already questioning like what is happening at the border. You know? So it's about questioning ourselves, our institutions and what the fuck are we doing? You know? But it, it's we as people who leave the border, this, this is the place where we live, Bolzano. You know? So we were representing our place. You know? It mm -hmm. was about who we are, because we are also citizens of the border. It's Valroya, it's Val Susa, it's, it's places in, in Switzerland, it's Brennero, they're all the same. These places are geopolitical hotspots. hotspots you know? And it's like, and what we were interested in is in movements of resistance, because that's also our political approach. Like we've been politically engaged for a long time. And in a moment where movements of resistance were dying, seeing these ones was very inspiring and seeing how they were facing the state but it's always the people who are at risk it's not absolutely true but the people who were going to places to be at risk were the were the 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 activists were helping refugees and so the colonial aspect is a bit different yeah, less, yeah. a bit different yeah. it's about who we were representing because there we felt that we were representing us This is a vision of Europe that, so like, ooh. which started for us actually way early because we did our second year film in Delic already about the, the Brennero border to a certain extent, and because we were living here in 2015, and it was like, what what is going on? It really in front of our eyes, and I think we we were yeah, as Nora said, always like curious and interested in, in, in political historical topics, but then these happenings in, in, in yeah here at the, at the train station, at the Brennero train station, yeah, I think we couldn't have done any other film back back then, and it didn't, it didn't let us lose this topic. So, yeah, also there it's building one film on another. Mm -hmm. 
there was this moment where Nico and I, we, we really went bef- besides this very intellectualized idea of what's going on. And we actually turned into witnesses of violence. That's what drove us to continue to work on this topic. And why we're still working on this topic is because uh, it was a simple thing, but it was of such a violence that it really marked us and we continue to work on it, that we were waiting for people being thrown out of, uh, at least for me, I think it's years the same, like that people are being thrown out of trains. That's what was happening here. And we, there were these two kids and they were really completely lost afterwards and we came to talk to them. And there was this guy who pointed to minor Nicolas jacket and said, and like, they were really like, I think the guy was in a t-shirt, was plain winter. And he touched the jackets to one of our jackets and said, I, I had one of these, uh, but the policeman didn't let me take it with, with me. And uh, I tried to tell him, but he didn't listen. And this was the moment that I said like, okay, this is a transformative moment. It's like, What's happening here is not intellectualized. It's way more than that. And uh, I remember there was this moment in the valley that we filmed. There's a moment where Cedric puts Musa, a 15-year-old, in a car and he drives through. And he's stopped by the police and the police is going to take Musa. And uh, and Cedric gets out of the car, opens the door for Musa. He's getting him ready and then he says, oh, wait. And he goes and he grabs his jacket and puts his jacket on. And I, I've always felt like it took me a long time to understand even what happened, but this is like exactly the point, how we go from witnesses of violence to people who fight violence. And so this is like why it's it's quite personal for us. And it's why we're not afraid of being like this, the political look that the filmmaker should be independent, but it's actually like you have turned us into witnesses of violence. And this is our way to fight back because we live through it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know what to say to that. No, because, um, yeah, um, each of us uh, tries to fight their own fight, I guess. And um, for me, um, I'm not a person who is able to do um, things like these because I get, um, obviously, I have a different approach, but listening to you obviously makes me, um, yeah, it touches it touches me deeply and makes me... Um, happy to know you you know even even if i knew i <laughs> if i knew already who you were but still like these are the things that we need and that we want to yeah promote as filmmakers be it um you know working with um with people at borders or in my case working for to humanize people who are usually are dehumanized um so yeah so I know what I want to talk to you about. Actually, you started from um, Brennero, from the border. You kept on with the valley. You had these um, um, experiences. How how did you progress? Or where do you guys find um, projects that you work want to work on in the from the ethics standpoint? Maybe that's the interesting thing. From the ethics standpoint. <laughs> no, the ethics standpoint, in the sense that probably Nuno, obviously you're an author, which is uh, a bit different than um, Nicolaus, but I know that Nico, you have um, also some type of standards that sometimes might be challenged when you work in um, some commercial types of work. Is it something that you um, actually or actively try to um, work against or... Or do you find yourself sometimes in situations where you say, 
it's a job I, and I have I to I mean do. I I wouldn't I probably wouldn't uh, work for 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 I don't know a company which produces tanks and and weapons uh, but but on the other hand like there is I think I can I can differentiate it for something which is a job and which for something which is really a project which I'm deeply involved in and give a lot more time and and and, and sweat and and maybe even tears than than for for a job which takes me several days or or, or a week yeah max so yeah I think that's that's the disambiguation between the, the both. And Nuno always comes up with uh, great new projects and uh, <laughs> gets me involved, and, and, and yeah. so we keep working. Yeah, I wanted to say that because it's also, you know, these roles, things, you know, and of course, Nicolas is a cinematographer, and that's his, his main responsibility, let's say. But all these projects are developed by Nicolas just as much, you know, like this being in the terrain this is the way we, we're not. We are intellectuals, but we don't intellectualize our work. So we're not like about getting books and research topics. We are in the terrain and and we develop projects by being present and by so like also. I mean, we also read about things. And <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's not the main motor. No? It's like, not the main motor. No. Like, of course, and I mean, we read a lot and we, we do a lot, but it's like, um, I don't know, there is not a project like mine when I am also where there is not a lot of Nicolas as well, like from the start, from day zero. Of course, then I my responsibility is to take it and write it down. <laughs> and then Nicolas makes one, two comments that are like really poignant and really, <laughs> but, and these responsibilities take care of the image, but but it's way beyond that. <laughs> we speak a lot, we discuss a lot. We, we, even if we're not in the same place, we talk on the phone, Nuno sends me something. So it's like, it's always an ongoing discussion was between the two of us and it's interesting because in the last seven years also the um, society has changed in certain ways and i think it really made a shift after after and the pandemic i have the feeling that something's really changed in uh, also in my perception also in talking about colonialism or intersectional feminism or whatever i think i, I hear it a lot more now than than it was before so also maybe we change also with well, we are always products of the society we live in but also having the whole society who changes with us and helps us maybe seeing certain things that we didn't see before is also interesting you know taking away the fact that our own personal trying to be a uh, a good person maybe um, influences it. And so. hopefully we contribute to this also discussion, discussion yeah. in society by, by the films we make. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a certain reciprocity. Yes, reciprocity. Reciprocity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also like why... A bit like, of course, not every film we do needs to be big, but we want to make them big because big films are watched and uh, so like we need we want to reach things so we're like okay we put a bit more work we put a few more years into a project but that's that's going to pay off in the end that's a bit too. yeah and then there's the problem again does it pay off for our personal lives so that's you know like uh, as you I'm an editor and uh, and uh, so as you I have to do or I want to do uh, the work you know on other projects but um if you're an author, I, I'm trying to think about myself doing more um, feature documentaries in the future. So that's something I really think about to say, how do I structure 
my life, as you said before, in a way that helps me um, do big films that change things, but also being able to live from them. So that's that's a bit the juggle that we all have to do, right? My approach that this is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't yeah. recommend it to anybody. It's like, just live with the bare minimum. It's it's okay. It's enough. Like it is, it's You can do a lot with the bare minimum. It's like, it's okay. We don't need so much, but it's not correct because we should ask for more and like, uh, because of the important work we're doing. But my approach was always, I'm sorry, my education, I think like that uh, material needs are not so important. So like we get enough to go by. And of course it's always very fragile, but it's like, that's what helped me go. If I was thinking about how I fund myself, how I survive and I'm totally economically financially independent. So it's like, it's really good. Like I don't need the help of anybody, but it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> and you're always like tipping into the bank account going at zero. And I think I have a little fairy that always when I'm tipping at zero money comes in and I am lucky enough to do like one, one money job a year that I do working on a set or something. Like but I think it's also about uh, this idea of what, what is really important. You know? After you go through a life, you want to look back and say, ah, yeah, the economical financial stability. Like, <laughs> I mean, for many people, it is a life goal, and, and especially and in a yes. very threat and threatening times also of, of, of crisis and economical crisis. And super respectable because it's also like, that's also my family where I came from, people who were working in factories when they were done and really worked hard to go into into university and to get get like proper jobs, go to middle class. And then it's me, my continuation is about, I take what they did as a responsibility. So what is my responsibility as the next step when I am born in privilege now? So it's like, it's to understand that I don't need so much. I have enough, I have plenty. Mm-hmm. And let's use these that I have. Um, yeah, yeah, and maybe that's true. Like maybe we have the privilege to choose to live in poverty <laughs> or near poverty. It's not poverty. This is not poverty. This is really comfortable lives. But it's just our perception yeah, of what is comfortable. I mean, for me, the the point is, uh, am I able to make rent? Is uh, is a you know is a question about poverty also. Like if I can't make rent, I'm, I'm poor. Uh, you know, we, that's, that's the we point. are past that like in a sense rent is guaranteed maybe it's one two months late sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's guaranteed not like it's we are past rent but it's like rent and food and little else yeah and well, sometimes you buy a computer because you need it for work but like <laughs> but it's not gonna cannot afford a car it's impossible <laughs> stuff like this but also it's it's a good thing and this i think for people who are starting out is like our job um pays a lot of things that not in money we get to travel a lot. We get to meet really wonderful people. There's lots of trainings, of programs um, that are made for you. So there is a lot of money in filmmaking that is not going to your salary, but it's going to your career making. And uh, IDM is really good at this. They have so many opportunities. I use all of them. And uh, it, it's really important It's really to understand that there is a lot of money in filmmaking that doesn't get into your pocket, but is there for you to use. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's awesome. Yes, and maybe on this note, do you have a, a tip for starting cinematographers? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's. I think it's as in uh, most 
job. So let's say I don't know. Now you have to have the passion for sure. You have to be be sure you want to do this, and and uh, and then yeah, be 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 be, be fierce on, on yourself, and 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 try to do your best, and watch good films, and and, and study them, and discuss them, and then watch them with your friends. And and then uh, find your project and and and, and you, 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 it's it's also learning by while doing process. It's like, of course, it's great to go to film school. It's great to go to Zelig, but in the end of that, I think no one is is a is a is a done DOP or done cinematographer. It's, it's like then you go to first project and second project, and then then you also grasp uh, what 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 are you good at, and then. You build on on that and, and keep working on yourself. Yeah, that's true. And then going back to our relationship, I think it's like that we always like not always. It took us a while, but like to understand that that we make each other strong by pushing, not focusing on what we do wrong, but pushing each other at the things that we're good at. And that's why we develop also a language that is our own, like a language of filmmaking. Because uh, yeah, because we learned that like uh, the beginning was a bit maybe we we're trying trying things, but it's like no, actually we're good at these things. Maybe one real tip is like for me, it's always very important that we discuss at the end of a shooting day, and especially to discuss the next shooting day. It's not. It's like what are we gonna shoot? Or what are we gonna try to shoot, and why? So what's the purpose of of this scene? Maybe a planned scene. Probably we we'll shoot something entirely different, but having this in mind as a certain goal for the day, I think that's that's the most important. You should never go shooting just to go shooting. Nothing good will come out of that. This is Nicolas' way of saying that the way he pushes me to be more organized and less chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. no <laughs> Which is true. I, I totally take the hit. <laughs> No, no, it's not, it's, but it's, it took us also learning and in, in understanding that that's this it is very important. It's important for you. It's important for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely it's important for everyone involved on, on a shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because also because yeah, if you know the aim, then if something changes, you still have the aim that might be the thing that you discussed seven days ago, but you have discussed oh, and then you know this is the scene. Or you shoot a different scene which stands for the same. Yeah. Meaning, later on. Yeah. We know where we're going, and then it's about walking there in a different path. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and with me about uh, the wonderful things that we do. And um, yeah, uh, Nicolas and Nuno, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to tell our our listeners that um, yeah again all the links are going to be on the show notes www.filmindialps.com slash podcasts episode 20 we're at 20 Woo! you know Woo! it's 20 <laughs> round numbers <laughs> thank you guys it thank was thank you so much awesome. thank you Alexander Demetz is the architect of our website. Sergio Coca designed our logo and CI. This episode is edited by me. And Lisa Maria Kerschbaumer is the co-author of the project Film in the Alps. To you all, thanks for listening and hear you next time. Thank you. Thank you.